All right. So everyone, this is part two, a continuation of analysis on ChatGPT. The last episode was what was the effect of ChatGPT on startups? This one is what is the effect of ChatGPT on venture capital? And, and by that, what we really mean is, is there still a need for venture capital okay. in a world of AI? Because we've talked about in the past, like, you know, will AI replace venture capital? Which it, I don't think it will. But, but but are we talking about all venture capital? Like, because there's the, like there's I, the IoT side, there's the e-commerce side. You know, you know, you know, consumer brands. Or are we only mainly talking about SaaS-related startups? Well, I think in this case we're talking about SaaS, right? But theoretically, it doesn't just have to be SaaS. It could be everything. Okay. Let's just focus on SaaS, though. So in our last episode, sure. you talked about Paul Graham, founder of Y Combinator, said, at what point does AI allow two founders and an AI, AI application to pound out a new startup over the weekend, right? Yep. And then you don't have to hire any devs. You just, you know, you don't need venture money, blah, yep. blah, blah. You just build it and go. I go to ChatGPT and say, hey, give me a clone of Calendly. And let's not include these features and include these other features. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, I've got this new idea for this new thing. Build mm -hmm. it out. Change right. the color of the buttons to this. Add this logo. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's one thing to go from like one to two, which is just like an iteration on somebody else's app. But okay. it's another like, I think AI theoretically, like you talked about in the prior episode, like I go onto Figma, I design out the app and then I hit like the build this for me button and boom, it builds out all the back end and I've got, you know, the next Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that is, right? Okay. It's not an iteration of Instagram. It's a whole brand new thing, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, like is venture capital still needed? Okay. If you want to grow and scale for something like TikTok, yes or no. Why? Growth capital to grow. You need speed. No matter if you have the best app, even if it, even if you have something, even if it can perfectly build your application, I look at that as the 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 easier of the two tasks. The yeah. harder task is always sales, adoption, things like that. But what about like product-led growth? I think the misnomer of product-led growth is it's usually led by an amazing sales team internally that knows either how to go after partnerships. Like I feel like there's very few apps today that are like, hey, this app is a hundred times better than what's out there. Like with the chat GPT example, mm -hmm. most people get their by having amazing partnerships. Yeah, I mean, there's some sales component. Like, at look at look at Podium, right? I had a company like Podium. Yeah, but Podium's not product-led growth. Sorry, Podium. Right, but very few companies are product-led growth. Well, like like Canva. Very few companies. Canva, are like Canva. is very product-led growth, right? And it's very feature-rich. So, besides Canva, what are the other, what are two other examples of product? Instagram, growth? Facebook, yeah. TikTok. But those are still like those are just very few companies that actually hit that. Uh, I mean, there are a bunch of other companies that have product Slack that have good product like. I growth. mean, I feel like my last company, Tiny Torch, was a company that was product like growth. But the problem was, is two months later, all of my competitors in my niche would copy me. It was extremely frustrating. Would create something, everyone would get upset. They'd message their platforms. Yeah, and... but that has more to do with like lack of barriers to entry. Uh, or, okay. or com true competitive advantage, right? Mm -hmm. Then, then it does with product like growth. Anyways, the here, here's my take on it. My take is that venture capital. Well, yeah. So, so there's basically like two problems. One is creation. One is discoverability, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're arguing like creation's relatively easy, and discovery is the hard thing, right? And I think it actually the truth is that it actually goes through waves. So. 
there are times when discovery gets solved, but creation is really hard, right? So if we think about like in the early days of the internet, if you wanted to build enterprise software, it was really, really hard to build enterprise software. And because it was so hard to build enterprise software, you know, and so expensive, if you could just get over the hurdle of building the darn thing, you would have sales, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was just like no competition. Um, but then what's happened is over time, right, you've seen the cost of creation come down. And what that's led to is a proliferation of apps. And now the challenge is discoverability, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and to a certain extent, like, I think you go through like these, these waves where like sometimes creation's really hard and really expensive to get to that like next level that, that pushes things to the point where like, like, like it is product led growth. Like it is a hundred times better, right? Creation of something a hundred times better is super hard. And there's very few companies that have been able to pull it off. And those that do don't need a tremendous amount of funding, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are a hundred times better. But then pretty soon everybody kind of catches up, mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden it's like discoverability is the really big challenge of like, hey, how do I tell the world that like our app while being somewhat similar is nuanced in certain ways that are different and better for certain customers. And I need to raise a ton of money in order to communicate that to the right customers so they buy our app instead of our competitor's app because we're a better solution for them. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, I don't think AI changes either of those things. I think it's going to make creation a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, which means there will be a flood of apps, and now the big challenge will be discoverability, and that's where VC money will still play a tremendous role is creating, you know, helping companies with marketing and sales, that whole discovery function. Which startup has the best charisma, and let's enable it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, which product is the best, right? Okay. And let's help them get their story out there. Is it the best or which one can tell the story the best? Because I feel like a lot of like the the products that win. So Omniture, let's talk about Omniture. Okay. Uh, a lot of the developers inside of Omniture friends have now gone to like Facebook and Airbnb and other places like that. And they said Omniture was never the best product. They just had the best sales team and that those founders chose to spend more money on sales and product like, you know, marketing and sales than they did on the product. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Josh is like an amazing salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. So... I think, yeah, I, look, some businesses are sales businesses and some businesses are product businesses. So and both can be successful, right? Okay. But so, both require a lot of money. So what about niches? There's been this phrase that the riches is in the niches. And I in, in the last episode, we talked about, you know, it used to be someone had a CRM, mm -hmm. but now they're creating a CRM specifically for lawn care or a CRM specifically for plumbers. Mm -hmm. And at that point are these guys so niched? So it, like, it may not even be a CRM for plumbers. It might be a CRM for plumbers specifically in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And at that point... But at that point, it gets so like small. Yeah. Because right? I see that's but, another But that's also like a product-led growth type thing, right? Okay. Because if your product is so much better because it is so tied into your niche, right? Okay. Then and you start selling and then everyone starts using it because everyone else is using it and you have mm -hmm. to use it in order to to compete right it becomes table stakes mm -hmm. then then it really like is product led growth you don't need a bunch of venture money but so, then it's so small then yeah so what is, what's the, the market's not venture? big enough to drive like a big outcome in venture are all um, these markets becoming so small but then but that's the case all the time right so what like. 97% of companies don't raise venture money and probably 98 and a half shouldn't raise venture money. And so 
I don't know that that changes anything. I think we just shift from, you know, lifestyle businesses being something a little more physical to lifestyle businesses being a little more digital. Okay. Across the board. And that's fine. Like VC money should not go to lifestyle business. It should not go to small niches, right? I mean, you could you can make the argument that like the corner store uh, down the street is like a super niche business. It should never raise venture money and wouldn't attract venture money, right? Um, but that doesn't mean it can't be like a nice little lifestyle business if one run correctly. Um, I think you just end up doing that same thing, but more on a digital digital basis. Okay, so you're not afraid of venture. And the VCs should be focusing on the big stuff. Okay. Right? The next Google, the next CRM, like Salesforce, right? Like whatever the, that next huge business is, the next Canva, so right? Chat, the next Slack. Yeah, so ChatGPT, did, did it or did it not send waves to the VC community like it did through the developer startup community? Oh, I mean, I think it has, right? A lot of people have been debating it back and forth. Even have VCs, a lot of VCs, they're like, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Yeah, but you know, most VCs are going to be like, no, no, we're totally fine. Confirmation like, bias, though, right? <laughs> totally confirmation bias. Um, and look, like I want to say that it's not going to affect us that much, but it, I mean, I, I have the same bias, right? But I think it's the same thing of like discoverability will still be an issue. You still will have to convince people to first know who you, that you even exist and then convince you to buy. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And that the reality is the more stuff that's out there, the more costly it becomes to communicate that message. Okay. So you think that in a world of chat GPT and AI, VC continues to be relatively unaffected by the number of positions or the amount of cash deployed? Uh, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. It, here's the thing. I'm talking out of the other side of my mouth. Over the last couple of years, VCs have raised an insane amount of money and there have been an insane number of venture funds that have popped up. So mm-hmm. if you extrapolate outside of that (laughs) you think it'll be roughly the same yeah if we go back to where like venture was probably like in the you know 2015 through 2019 Mm -hmm. range right um in terms of number of funds number of uh or amount of capital uh that's deployable right i think that's closer to like a healthy steady state than okay. where we are today. So I would anticipate that there will be a big drop off in terms of oh, for sure. number of funds and AUM uh, from where we are today going forward. But I don't know that that's going to be directly, that that's going to be due cool. to AI. Okay. That's going to be due to like, just capital was essentially free for a long time. And so everybody had great returns, especially in mm-hmm. venture. And a lot of people shifted, like reallocated assets to venture because everything else was performing really poorly because you know mm-hmm. capital was basically free and venture was actually performing better on a relative basis and yeah. so you had a lot of money flow there and now returns are going to look terrible because everything was <laughs> vcs invested in overpriced companies valuations will come down a bunch of those vcs will shut shop mm-hmm. and shrink but th- none of that will be due to, to ai yeah, so I'd agree with or that. Or very little. One of the biggest things that people are asking me right now is when I'm starting a VC fund. I'm like, we didn't create the, the podcast to start a VC fund. Or at least I didn't. I think Isn't that why you, everybody starts a podcast? So they can be uh, a VC someday? A VC podcast. Yeah, I mean, right now I think it's the worst time. I would not want to be raising a fund right now. And even if I could, I think you'd want prices to drop because there's going to be, as interest rates increase, the rates that startups are, like the valuations have to drop for the IRR for VCs to win, like to occur. And I think it's going to take another 12 months for startups to finally give up 
and mm-hmm. drop to those valuations. Yeah, I mean, you're already, the, the problem is, is that it's already happening. It's just happening with the companies that have to raise right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of companies that don't have to raise right now. And even if they're in market, if, once they find out that they're not getting the valuation they want because they don't have to raise immediately, they're kicking the can down the road and hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but the flip side is no, none of the companies that are raising right now at like, really low valuations are tooting their horn about it and so you don't hear about it but it is happening Mm -hmm. so i agree i think over the next six to 12 months uh there's going to be a lot more companies coming to the table for to venture capitalists and they're going to be in tight spots the flip side though is that a lot of vcs will have a lot of money to deploy Mm -hmm. they've raised a lot and a lot of them are sitting on their hands but there are a lot of incentives uh and pressures for them to to be investing and so i think yeah six months we're going to see a big uptick in number of deals, largely because companies will need cash and VCs will need to deploy cash. And when that happens, my my best prediction is probably there will be a bifurcation along the lines of quality. So the very, very good companies will raise at crazy, well, theoretically crazy valuations, maybe not quite 2021, but still very high. And everybody else will raise at very, very, very low valuations. Okay. Yeah, I think I would not want to be a founder raising right now is the ultimate. And I feel bad for the founders who are like, I got six months of capital left. And I'm like, I'm like you kind of be, should be fundraising right now. But they're probably like, I don't want to fundraise right now because valuations suck. And it's so well, no, hard. They, and they are fundraising. Right I'm going right to wait now. three months. Right. They I'm are fun- wait five months. Yeah, they <laughs> and are go out of business. They are fundraising right now. I think a lot of them just fundraising in December is usually slow. Yeah. They're, they're usually waiting for January. But I'm just like, man, I would not want to be running out knowing I'm running out of cash in three to six months in this compressed market. Yeah. No, it's a tough spot. Yeah. And frankly, if you didn't, if you didn't start cutting costs six months ago, you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I met with you're a, too late. Yeah. I met with a YC back company this, this, this past week. And that was like, um, they're asking for advice. I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of in trouble. Kind of screwed. But I don't know if, I mean, they had the crypto winter, they had the VC you know, crash. And I think it just gets really hard for them to race. Yeah. Especially as they're finally coming into public beta there. It's like a private public beta, right? Like it's out there, but people don't know it's out there. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Okay. No, I agree. I think it's, I think they're in a tough spot, right? Mm-hmm. Or I was on a flight, but with that's them. like a confluence of a lot of things outside of their control. We have a lot of things out of their control. So yeah, I feel like love the team. I'm like, this is just a tough market. Everything yeah. like lining up. Yeah. Like a year ago, this would have been mm-hmm. totally fundable. Especially when they watch, there's another local company, can't mention their name, bleep this out, but so Peter knows it's Giddy, and they they launched a token at the perfect time, so they were just printing cash with their token. Yeah. And I don't know how much they pulled out of their token, but their market crashed, but like they all have like nice toys now, like BMW motorcycles and stuff that they didn't own, like, and they didn't even have a product yet, but like their timing was like That's just because every crypto company is a Ponzi scheme at the end of the day, right? I don't know if ever we're gonna like take our token, we're gonna push it out there, and we'll buy our token. It's like free money, and then we'll sell our tokens and use the money mm-hmm. to go buy toys. But our token's actually not worth anything because it's all speculation. Believe this, you know the editing team, but you know like supposedly that same thing happened with McKagan at Mainframe. Bleep, bleep that too. I have to watch these episodes very carefully. And so yeah, <laughs> so they they raised and the market crashed for them, and they didn't cash out. And, they didn't and, cash out in time. They didn't cash out, so their their fund their fundraise was pointless. It kill it crushed the company. Well, that was a missed opportunity for them then, right? <laughs> yep. All these these war stories. We should just do podcasts on war stories that Peter and I have heard and just bleep out the names. We should. That and also like 
you know, give it, you know, we should get more problems from entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. give them our two cents. Which is also what I want 2023 to be. We've done the last year, like building an audience and now it's time to start leveraging that audience and like bring on other stuff. Do you think Peter will do a podcast every day with me? Do you think anybody would listen to me and you every day? I think you, what I do is when you have someone you really like, you then start cherry picking. Hey, this one really relates to me. This is someone who's raising in a similar space. Yeah, we'll see. I think one thing, just so you guys know where we're going, when we first started this, and I was trying to like say, hey, Peter, let's do this podcast. He's like, I want to do a podcast, but I want to create a podcast specifically for VCs and target that audience. Specifically for VCs? Yeah. No, but there's that? a million podcasts specifically for VCs. Who? Who? Like, a, like by VCs, for VCs. See, I think what's more interesting about what we do is that we tackle like the hard stuff that VCs, most VCs won't talk about. Okay. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these things VCs talk about. So, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Go to venturecapital.fm. You can subscribe to us. All of our links are there uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and the rest. Those are the main three we, we talked about because that's where 95% of all of our, our plays come from, from our, our analytics dashboard. Like and subscribe. All right. See you for the next episode. See you guys.